Growing with the Spirit on the Article 7 podcast. Yes, hello. The Article 7 podcast is back. It's taken quite some time, but uh, there's a new sermon series to share. There's a new website, the Sheridan. Maybe you've already found it. www.bethany, B-E-T-H-A-N-Y-L-C-M-S.org. Same address that we've had, but we are super happy. We launched this new site at the beginning of May of this year. Uh, and it's got me thinking, oh, yes, I'm Andy Jago, by the way, the pastor at Bethany Lutheran Church and Preschool, and thinking about how we could share what's going on here at Bethany and how the Lord is working in our little corner of Alexandria, Virginia. Well, one of the ways he's working is through our music ministry, and we are blessed to have Linda Hemphill as our director of music, and occasionally her daughter, Lindsay, who plays the flute, various kinds of flutes, will join her in uh, in offering uh, a musical offering in our worship. And for our anthem, when this sermon uh, was preached, which you'll hear in a moment, uh, they played a beautiful rendition of America the Beautiful. Uh, the poetry of that hymn, uh, Catherine Bates, uh, I quote her uh, throughout the sermon, actually, so very fitting I'm including it here. So this is episode two of Growing with Galatians, that's the series, and the second sermon in the series is Growing with the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. Thus far the text. O beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountained majesty above the fruited plain, a very nice connection as we connect with the fruit of the Spirit. Our prayer today is that these United States of America would not be blessed just with the abundance from the fruited plain to feed the body, but that we would be filled with abundance of Christian faith bearing the fruit of the Spirit, that we may be fed with such spiritual fruit. Amen. The Spirit comes to us. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the one that bears this fruit. Filled with the Holy Spirit, some of my ancestors that came in the middle of the 19th century, about 1850s, some of them might have told you they were looking for the promised land, a land free from the persecution of their homeland, then Prussia, which is now 
a part of Germany and a place where they can just live out their Lutheran faith in peace. And they found a fertile land. There's, there's a number of waves of immigrants. Some of you may be familiar with the, the wave that went down south, came up through New Orleans, and then ultimately in Missouri. Missouri is Senate. Lutherans would, would know that perhaps. My family came in through New York and eventually linked up with, with those immigrants, but came in and found a very fertile, wonderful farmland in the western New York area around Niagara Falls. And I don't know why, it just struck me. I had a, a sense of whimsy, I guess. I just uh, decided that when I was visiting my parents uh, this past winter time, uh, that I'd take the children on a drive down Jago Road. <laughs> yes, there is such a place. The Jagos and the Camons were some of the first settlers in that area. Uh, so I drove down, children where the old homestead was, where my dad's grandfather, you know, uh, was in, in, the, in the area where, where my dad reminisced that that was all, you know, woodland, acres and acres of woodland where he spent many a, a wonderful hour as a kid exploring. And, uh, of course, now it's housing developments and shopping malls <laughs> as, as America has grown and developed. But, uh, but there's still some farmland there. And, you know, a lot of my family, you know, love to, to work the land and enjoy the bounty that comes from it. But more importantly was a place for spiritual bounty, a place where we can receive the word and receive the sacrament and grow in our love for God and for one another. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is what gives us life and growth. And what is the, how are we connected to that, to have a place where we can be connected with what we call the means of grace, where we are fed by God's grace, immersed in God's grace, where we are blessed with the blessings of baptism, where we receive the body and blood at the altar, where we are gathered, where two or three are gathered together to hear the life-giving words of the gospel, of Christ crucified for our salvation, of his rising on the third day to give us life eternal the means of grace, the word and the sacrament, connect us to life with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God our creator. And yes, many of us spend time in the summer, rightly so, uh, connecting in God's creation, recreating, recreating uh, in, in that creation. And of course, there's plenty out there that testifies to God's love and goodness because it's what he made for us, for our enjoyment. Well, in addition to that, but that's, that's what we call indirect revelation. There's the direct revelation of Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, who came down for love of, the, of you and me. God so loved us, He gave His only Son. And we have eternal life. And how do we know this? Because we have the conviction of the Holy Spirit who brings us life, who fills us. I know what it's like. You know, I, I think I, I know the feeling of being spiritually empty. But fortunately... Yeah, it's something that I haven't felt too often, but, but we know that when we're connected, when we have the connection to the Word, to the sacraments, that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. The sinful nature on contrast. So the Spirit is what's wanting to connect us to that, that life and life eternal. And Paul contrasts that in Galatians chapter 5 with the sarks. Doesn't that sound like a nasty word? In Greek, the sarx is the flesh, the sinful nature. 
And that's what, and why is it, why is that the, the contrast to the spirit? Paul's contrasting between the, what, the connection to, that we have to life and the, what we have fighting inside of us wants to sever that connection and turn us away from God, turn us away from each other, turn us back into ourselves. That's, a, that's some of the nature that is there, the sinful nature, turning us away from God and our neighbor turning us back toward ourselves or toward our selfishness. You look at the works of the sarks, the works of the flesh that are there. All things that are, that are you know, that, that, that some of them are, are, you know, touching upon things that, that are taken to excess, things that are out of control, things that we use to fill in uh, an empty hole. Where really, that God, that's a God-sized hole that's meant to be filled by the Holy Spirit. When we contrast those works of the flesh with the works of the Holy Spirit, what is it that brings us together? We've already talked about baptism back in Galatians chapter 3, how God makes us all one, whether Jew or Gentile, male or female, slave or free, we are all one in our baptism. Paul says we have, been, we have put on Christ, we have put on His righteousness like a robe that is over us. We have received the Holy Spirit in our baptism. So once we have received the Holy Spirit, once we are connected to life, then what does that look like? That's what we have to ask on, we, as we go into our nation's birthday this week, especially. What does the fruit of the Spirit look like in our lives? The fruit, instead of turning us inward and into selfishness, turns us outward, growing, doing good. And if you want to, to focus on how the Holy Spirit is working inside of you, Paul gives us a list. Those of you that are familiar with Paul's writings in the New Testament know he loves lists. And this one is kind of special because how, first of all, notice this. There are the works of the flesh, but then there's the fruit, singular of the Spirit. The works of the flesh. He's saying, no, you can't work toward your salvation in there in Galatians. You, it doesn't, whether you're circumcised or not, or whether you're doing this, that, or the other thing, that doesn't get you in the heaven. The love of God gets you in the heaven. The works of the flesh, you're working. But the fruit of the Spirit comes and grows naturally, if you will. It comes naturally from being connected to the nourishment that is the Holy Spirit. So what is growing naturally in this garden? What is growing here, Paul sets to us, and if in case you didn't have a Bible that you could take with you and read afterward, easily memorizable. Three groups of three, a nice holy number. The Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you have three, three, and three. So let's put these groups of three together and just talk about them. What does this look like in our lives? How will this help us as we go into America's birthday to think about how we can work as citizens. Because we're citizens of the United States. Not only that, really, more importantly, we are citizens of the heavenly country. Love is what makes us a citizen of that heavenly country. Love given to us by our Savior. Notice what's at the head of Paul's list. Love. Love sent us our Savior. Love rescued us. Love give, has given us an eternal home. 
Love is the first place of all the fruit. And Martin Luther writes, it would have sufficed to list only love, for this expands to all the fruit of the Spirit. But it's listed with these other fruit. And it's no accident, I think, that is placed right at the beginning along with joy and peace. Self-sacrificing love comes to us by way of the cross and the empty tomb because it's there that God defeated sin, eliminated sin, and all the consequences of sin. And in return, we experience the love of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And when you know this love, well, what comes up naturally as a result is our joy. Joy that isn't just fleeting. It isn't the same as, as happiness, just being content for a short time, but it lasts through good times and through bad. Paul writes to the Philippians, but rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He writes that behind bars because it's the kind of joy that cannot be taken away by your circumstances. And if joy is focused on Jesus and cannot be taken away, well, neither can our peace. We have the love of God and joy in our hearts. We are naturally at peace with God. Well, when this fruit is shown in the United States of America, where we are citizens, well then, what can happen? If our flesh turns us away from the Spirit, we can easily be shocked and at any turn of fortune in our country. Wartime, bad weather, corrupt leaders, these could all damage the fragile peace within our souls. But if our souls are turned toward the love of Jesus, we have that in our hearts. We have a ready supply of love, joy, and peace that is eternal, that is everlasting. Our love can't be extinguished with an election. Our joy cannot be taken away with a hurricane. Our peace cannot be shattered with a terrorist attack. Those things may shock us temporarily. But the Spirit's power continues to give us love and joy and peace that remain no matter what. And if our souls are at peace, if our souls are joyful, if our souls are filled with the love of Christ, then how can this not affect our fellow citizens around us? America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Patience, kindness, goodness. Patience is not just patience. Some will have that in your Bible translated as long-suffering because it's persistent patience, patience upon patience. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And if God gives us patience by the power of the Holy Spirit, then what flows naturally from that is kindness. It's easy to be spiteful and vengeful of everyone's attitudes, behavior, and personality if those things irritate you about other people all the time. But God gives us patience. We bear with one another. And with that patience comes kindness in order to do good to one another. Luther calls it a gentleness and sweetness of manner. And if you get kindness mixed up with goodness, mixed up with gentleness, it's okay to make a little fruit salad out of the fruit that Paul's talking here. They all kind of blend with one another. Goodness is related to kindness in that it's a word being, you know, you don't hold back. 
You don't hold back. If you're kind to other people, if, if you're long-suffering toward it, you don't, you just, you're generously giving that out continuously. Now, our country is a land where most of us come from somewhere else, unless you happen to be Native American. One of the things that makes us American is the right to be independent, to be ourselves. We may forget to look out for one another in the midst of our independence, forget to look out for those in need, those who are weakest and most vulnerable. But the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to bear with patience one another, to bear with all the differences that are there, to listen to one another, to listen with compassion and act out of that compassion, act with goodness and love in our hearts, whether that's helping someone, you know, cross the street or praying with someone who's in distress or even feeding the hungry and giving of the bounty, being generous with the bounty that God has first given us. America, America, God, mend thy every flaw and confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty and law. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, faithfulness doesn't necessarily mean saving faith here. Again, Martin Luther, who contrasts the negative with the positive. Anyone equipped with this faith, faithfulness, is not a suspicious person. He is a sincere one with a simple and honest heart. Those that lack this virtue, continuing with Luther here, are suspicious persons, troublesome, bitter, and venomous. They believe no one except themselves, cannot bear with anything, will not yield to anyone, insult and distort whatever they see and hear, segregate themselves from anyone who does not belong to their class. Hmm. Faithfulness, in contrast, is is without guile, looking to find the good in others. While gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit manifest when we act toward one another in mercy. In other words, when we're not worried about imposing our will on others, but we're happy and content to accept others the way they are and help develop whatever gifts God has given to them. Self-control, again, related to these three. It's a worthy bookend to love, even. We have, a high, we have high virtue in the Greek area. If you've ever heard of the inscription on the Oracle of Delphi, you know, everything in moderation and know thyself. Those are the highest morals in the Greek world at that time. We go higher than that. The Holy Spirit bears fruit so that we can not only do those things looking out for ourselves, but we do those things in the interest of sharing our faith and doing good to others, being self-controlled and moderate. But also related to that is being content in all circumstances, as Paul writes, keeping our wants and desires in check so that we can enjoy the blessings that God gives to us and share them all in season. Here in the United States, we certainly seem to have a lot of tribes, a lot of camps, a lot of ways that, that we could categorize each other. Immigrants from about everywhere in the world, political viewpoints, economic backgrounds. Do we look at our fellow citizens sincerely, willing to listen, 
willing to open our hearts, willing to care, no matter if they're white, brown, or black, liberal or conservative, Protestant or Catholic, rich or poor, if the Spirit is giving us faithfulness and gentleness, self-control, well, then we act in that regard. One of the most rewarding things in my life outside of working in the church was just doing the ESL class at Groveton High, uh, School when my kids were going there. Just an hour, two hours sometimes, you know, uh, and, and, but spending time, spending time. I guess sometimes we get caught up with quality time, and that's, some, that's a shortcut maybe for some parents. Okay, if I, don't, if, I, if I fail to spend a lot of time with my kids, I can just make up for it in the quality time. Well, it's an illusion. There's no such thing, really. You, if it, that's all you got, then that's all you got. But it, it can't substitute time and just spending time with people. And it, it re- was remarkable. People knew I was a minister, but people who were Muslim, some folks from Syria and Saudi Arabia, and a number of people from Peru, and then others from other parts of Latin America, just spending time that you, the white guy, is go, you're going to teach us a little bit more about England. That was so rewarding. And just spending time and fellowshipping and, and eating food together, what a remarkable thing. And you see the fruit of the Spirit. That's, if I can point to you know, one time in my life, I really could see that. And that was during that time where, where I, all of us were sharing in those moments together. There was another moment I think of too, Pastor Bogali, who was a, a Amharic-speaking Ethiopian pastor who was here for a short time and now is, is leading a congregation up at Groveton Baptist. Um, but he described one time to me where his stereotypes got thrown out the window, where his car sputtered on the highway and then uh, some mus- you know, very large muscle, you know, a cut-off shirt, cut, you know, ripped-up jeans, big pickup truck, and a guy come, you know, comes out, and, and uh, you know, Pastor Bogali, you know, if you just listen to some of the media out there, he's like, oh, no, you know, what's going to happen? Here I am, a black guy, uh, stranded on the side of the road. But this person showed kindness and gentleness and, uh, and, 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 and went out of his way to help him. And, and find even but, but, you know, as Pastor Bogali was, was, had a longer trip, you know, put him up in a hotel for that night. Good Samaritan. And he talks about that. That was one of his first experiences with America, with this country, as someone being that generous out of their heart. America the beautiful. America, America, may God thy gold refine till all success be nobleness and every gain divine. We are America the beautiful. Yeah, I know we're not so beautiful sometimes. In fact, sometimes downright ugly and out of control in these days. But we are the church. What God has given us to do, we've been doing for centuries, even longer than America has been a country. We are the beautiful bride of Christ, made this way because we have been brought, the Holy Spirit has brought us to the bridegroom and offers us life and salvation and full flowing from the Holy Spirit to bear this fruit in our country. And so we are beautiful. We have good fruit in us by the Spirit's power. So yes, may God mend every flaw. May God our gold refine. And may God crown our good with brotherhood. We have 
that blessing through all the fruit of the Spirit given to us by the grace of Jesus Christ. In his name, amen. And may the power of the Holy Spirit keep us always in Christ Jesus and give us the peace that passes all understanding in Christ Jesus.